welcome everyone to um, our live Chisel Chats. These are just a quick 20 minute conversation to provide you with kind of quick updates and tactics and strategies that you can use in your digital advertising campaign. Um, as marketers ourselves, um, you know, head of marketing here, I definitely understand, you know, how the environment can change very quickly. So I'm gonna just chat with the different guests each week to better understand how you can improve um, your work and your digital advertising strategy. So this week, I'm super excited to talk about a kind of dichotomy between traditional TV and connected TV. Um, recently, eMarketer um, increased their prediction of total ad revenue for connected TV to a total of 11 billion in uh, 2021. And this was compared to what they predicted in 2019 of 7 billion. So I think it only showcases just how big this channel is growing and how much there is so much opportunity um, for, you know, marketers, as well as like understanding how, you know, these TV networks and, you know, channels are kind of changing between you know, these kind of two buying models. So today I'm chatting with Sam um, from our sales team who comes to us from our traditional TV background to really understand those differences and similarities between traditional TV and connected TV. So welcome, Sam. Thanks, MSJ. Well, before we dig into today's kind of topic, do you just want to tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do here at Chisel? Sure, so I handle the Northeast region from Fort Chisel. I'm originally from New Jersey, but I've lived in Denver oof, about, I don't know, seven, eight years. But New Jersey is definitely home, so I'm excited for COVID to be over and travel back again. But before coming to Chisel, I worked for CBS for about five or six years. So my background is largely in traditional television and that's fine. Cool. Well, that goes nicely to my kind of first question. I guess like coming from a traditional like TV background, um, do you just want to shed some light on like how, you know, traditional TV is like purchased? Um, and then that I think can tie nicely into like why CTV is making such a splash in the you know, buying mechanism. Yeah, it's, you know, at Chisel, we're constantly updating our capabilities and our data providers and really trying to refine and do things a little bit, you know, more effectively, more efficiently. Traditional television, on the other hand, really has not evolved much at all in the last 20 years. Nielsen is still the bread and butter of the television metric landscape. So a lot of the buying practices that existed 20 years ago are still being used today. Most often, agencies and direct advertisers will buy off of gross rating points, which is essentially a percentage of a pop of a city's population. So it's really, it's hard to put together media campaigns across multiple platforms because gross rating points are really only a broadcast television metric. Now, because Connected TV has grown so rapidly, a lot of these legacy media companies are looking to change that buying model and go to an impression-based model. There's a few reasons for this. One, to cut down on just the manual, the, the legwork that it takes to place, can I, excuse me, place traditional media, 
track it. If, you know, spots come out, you have to put a make good. So they're trying to shift to more of an impression-based model so that if a spot in 5 p.m. news comes out, they could potentially make that good in, you know, cbsnewyork.com. Um, and make it a little bit more transactional and more efficient. I understand why they're trying to move in that direction. I think it's gonna take a really long time for agencies to abandon GRPs entirely. So there's, um, that's still very much, you know, the, the way that linear television is bought. And then everyone is looking at, you know, reach and frequency and all that is tied to that, you know, you know, the GRP is in a market and really all of those measurements are guesswork at best. Um, <laughs> we're really, you know, if on the traditional television side, we'll pull, you know, um, a list of shows that index high for 50 plus, for example, there really isn't a great way of knowing how many adults 50 plus are watching that show. And it's, a, it's really just best guesswork of, we've identified this show index as well. And then we're gonna kind of ignore all of the wasted dollars and impressions on people that don't fit our target audience. Whereas Connected TV, you build an audience, you apply to your ad group and you're only serving to that audience. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I mean, I can remember as a kid, my parents like got into the like Nielsen, got like a Nielsen box on our TV and, was part of that, you know, data set. And I think like so much of, you know, traditional TV is really, you know, based around you know, those older measurement styles. And I think, you know, with the kind of eruption of connected TV, like a lot of networks are trying to figure out how they can still show the value of, you know, broadcast traditional TV, um, but still make it into, you know, metrics that, you know, regular marketers understand when they're doing display. Right. And a lot, I think a large part of why these legacy media companies are trying to shift to more of an impression-based model is because there's just a lot of inventory that goes unsold, whether it's new news or prime shows or whatever, but when that inventory goes unsold, then obviously they lose money. And a lot of the bigger network companies are creating their own new streaming platforms. And with any sort of new media, there is that adoption period. So another reason for this impression-based model is so that if a spot comes out of prime time at seven, you can take that number of impressions that was estimated for delivery in that spot and then transfer it to you know, CBS streaming or like I said, cbsnewyork.com. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess going into my next question, um, and this is kind of a big question. <laughs> Do you want to talk about like the core differences between like linear traditional broadcast TV and connected TV? Sure. There, one of the biggest differences that I certainly encounter, especially when talking to an agency or an advertiser that is used to buying linear television with linear, it's it's running no matter what. So you can purchase inventory and really know exactly or have a very good idea of when your spot is going to be seen. So you can turn on new news and then see your spot. And in a lot of the media world, perception is reality. So to see it is to believe it. Whereas connected TV, because it is so targeted, 
you're only delivering to that designated audience. And if you are specifying publishers, whether it's Hulu or Sling or ESPN or whatever, it's you're reaching users based on that user generated behavior and not just airing in a slot, no matter if a thousand people are watching or if zero people are watching. So the the tracking capability, excuse me, the placement capabilities are so much more robust. And then going back to our conversation that, or what we were just talking about, how Nielsen, the Nielsen box is really archaic. They're not just using that to sell linear television, they're using it to report on it too. So with connected TV, it's all user generated. An impression, an impression serves on a device when that device is enabled. Whereas with linear, a spot is going to run no matter what. So you really have no idea how many people were actively watching it. Yeah, I think what you know, one thing I guess, you know, going into the similarities between the two, I've been seeing a lot more of, you know, I guess like the bigger, you know, publishers. So like Hulu is looking at, you know, how many shared impressions. So the thought of, you know, TVs, you know, they're typically in your living room. We are watching it with, you know, multiple, you know, people in the household. And I think that's one thing that traditional TV did really well of, you know, measuring, you know, household size and how mm-hmm. many you know, potential eyeballs were on it. Um, and I think on the flip side, you know, where um, connected TV is trying to catch up is how do we capture all of those, you know, shared impressions um, that you're getting in the household. So I think that's one thing that, you know, I'm especially keen on seeing the developments on it and seeing if mm-hmm. they actually figure it out. Um, I think it will be tricky. Um, so I think going to my next question, why do you think marketers are adopting connected TV over traditional TV? One, the targeting is just so much more robust as we talked about. We, You can specify the type of audience that you're building. There's just so much more data available in the digital marketplace that can be applied to connected TV. And then also the other tactics that you can complement a connected TV campaign with. If you are serving on a true, you know, a true connected TV on a connected television device, that is going to be a non-cookie device. What we can do to complement that reach tactic, and really, you know, television is one of the best platforms for delivering your brand. It's emotive, it's it's easy to remember. Um, but as marketers, we also want to show that proof of performance. So we can really complement those reach tactics with connected TV with cross-device targeting so that if I'm watching Hulu and then I see an ad and I go to the advertiser's website, I'm for matching those devices and tracking that conversion um, or even video event retargeting. That's a common tactic that I include in my marketing mix where if we see, you know, if we serve a connected TV spot to an advertiser or excuse me, to a, a consumer, we can follow that up with additional video display. So really help start out at the top of the consumer funnel and then drive down to the path to purchase. So there's just a lot of different ways where we're not only guaranteeing the type of audiences that we're delivering, but then we're complementing those reach tactics with lower funnel conversion driving tactics. Yeah, I think, you know, connected TV of anything, it's just made that really like high level, you know, like high impact um, you know, brand awareness, um, strategy, like accessible to everyone, 
mm-hmm. and you know really driving you know those consumers down the funnel and I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that anyone should have is you know connected tv as well as like any you know if you're doing any type of video or you know tv buys like you can't just count on that to work you kind of have mm-hmm. to do other you know complement um, your media mix and you know add in other strategies and other channels to get them through absolutely um, and you're getting the benefit of that awareness tactic but then reducing waste there is a ton of waste in placing linear television because again we're really best guessing how many adults 50 plus are watching a specific show but then there always is going to be that residual you know audience that doesn't apply to our campaign so with connected tv you can just really be much more strategic in the type of placements that you're getting so you can maximize budgets so that you're only reaching your target audience and then be able to track conversions, report, complement with some of these lower funnel tactics and optimize accordingly. Awesome. Um, So I guess like bringing it to topical, do you think the pandemic has had an impact on the growth of connected TV? We know it has. If you look up all of these, really all of the biggest media, what would we say, publishers, there's a ton of great information on how the pandemic just really accelerated cord cutting Cable is expensive. And when, you know, in tough times, we're always looking at ways to reduce our, our, uh, what, what's the word? Expenses. Expenditures. Yeah, expenses. So <laughs> the pandemic really accelerated cord cutting. Also, coming off of 2020, when so many events and high profile sports were canceled, that also fueled the reason why some, you know, people were like, oh, I really don't need that cable subscription because there are no games on. Um, and it's interesting, I think with Connected TV too, we treat it as such a, a new platform, but the idea of user-generated viewership has existed since TiVo. Yeah. So I think that the functionality is, just, is the same. We're just calling it something different. I always think of my parents, you know, they don't know, they don't really think of Hulu or Sling. They just know what shows they watch on each of them. So they're in their 60s. So we treat Connected TV as this like really new young platform but it's not that kind of behavior and just that consumer demand for watching your content selecting your content watching it when you want to watch it has existed for at least 10 years yeah i think you know the evolution from you know tivo to you know subscription services is you know a good point because it's been around for a while and i think you know this last year has really highlighted um you know, just how much, you know, I guess people of all demographics and all age ranges have really adopted the channel um, more so for, you know, their own, I guess, like ease of use. So they can pick the shows that they want to watch. They watch it when they want to watch it, as opposed to being tied to, you know, a certain showtime um, that it's on. Yeah. Like I remember growing up, we watched Survivor and it was like race to the television at 8 p.m. or whatever yeah. there, you know, on the East Coast. And and that just, that doesn't really exist anymore because we are so spoiled in accessing the content and watching it when we want to watch it. And then I think a lot of people, even if they don't, even if it is, a bit, if the show they want to watch is available to watch, linear, you know, on a linear platform, they'll just wait to the next day 
apps because again you can just choose when you want to watch it and and on the flip side I think we talked about this in our last conversation there's this whole new generation of consumers who have never had cable or have never watched broadcast television we saw a huge that really affected live sports this past year Mark Cuban was asked why NBA, the NBA championship ratings were so low. And part of his answer was, you know, we're a lot of our viewership is high school kids and they just have never, they're, they're not even cord cutters. They have just never had cable. Yeah. So we're just going to see that continue to grow. And, and it's a really exciting, you know, the more inventory that we have available, the more targeted, you know, targeted we could get. And I think in, I, we're already starting to see it, but I would say in less than five years that connected TV, the usership will surpass broadcast. At I, least yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, both usership as well as like the capabilities that, you know, connected TV has. So you're kind of limited on, you know, you can't really pick, you know, specific shows. Um, or specific times and mm -hmm. I think you know as more demand and more users you know move over to you know streaming services I think you know the next phase is you know improving you know the capabilities that are available to marketers and um, I think that's kind of the next step yeah and there's just so many different ways that that there's so many different factors that are eating into linear viewership a lot of linear television lives and dies by live news but these days i mean i get probably 20 yahoo notifications directly to my phone about you know what's happening in denver what's happening in new york it's there's a lot of different ways to consume all types of media whether it's news live sports so that also is just it's just it's changing how consumers digest and look for information and then really, really affecting that behavior of turning on your television to get the news and find out what's happening. You just, there really isn't a need for that anymore because we have so many other channels. Yeah. Well, cool, I guess going into my, I guess, last question, um, is there something or I guess anything that marketers should keep in mind when they're integrating connected TV into their traditional TV buys or? just starting with connected TV? Yeah, you know, connected TV is, because there is so much more viewership driving to that, of course, there's gonna be a lot more people out selling connected TV. I run into all the time, an advertiser, an agency that has been told, I can give you this connected TV deal for a really, really low CPM. That's always a red flag to me at Chuzel. What I always love about our platform and really highlight is we can specify by device. I run into a lot of people selling pre-roll as connected TV and they're not the same thing. Um, we define connected TV as on a connected television device, long form content. If you do choose to integrate, you know, desktop connected TV inventory and tablet, we wanna give you the option, but then just really provide that layer of transparency that is kind of lacking elsewhere, I think. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, you know, connected TV can sometimes be looped in with the rest of video and yes. you know if someone's really looking for that like living room quality um experience that you know having that visibility and transparency is super important mm -hmm. um absolutely well cool do you have any final thoughts before we wrap it up no i always love chatting about this stuff with you and i think 
post pandemic, it'll be a really exciting time to see as you know how marketers leverage connected TV and just that continued growth in viewership. And it should, yeah, I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I don't think growth is going to stop. I mean, they're predicting 11 billion, so it's I not. It can only go studies, up from there. <laughs> and all studies will really show that once once a consumer does cut the cord, they're very, very, very unlikely to go back. So that trend, yeah. like that momentum is just going to continue to build. Yeah, it doesn't exist in my house and I haven't had a cable subscription in probably the better part of seven years. So me neither. And you, <laughs> and we're going to also, I think, start to see a lot of, you know, like the NFL has a deal with Amazon Prime for Thursday Night Football. I think we're going to see a lot more deals like that of these kinds of tentpole events, even this, you know, the Olympics coming up is expected to be one of the most digitally watched or the most digitally watched Olympics in history. I think as consumer behavior continues to move for, towards connected TV, you're going to see a lot of these organizations wanting to take their content where the eyeballs are. Totally. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, cool. To wrap things up, um, we're going to be off next week for our live Chisel Chats, but you can tune in May 4th. Um, I'm going to chat with a member of our team around um, the future of third-party cookies. Um, we have also launched our Chisel Chats as a podcast. So if you've missed any of our previous shows, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast streaming service. And with that, say goodbye. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Alicia.